Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago, and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. And use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Are you start a cannabis company? We're going to break that down on a step-by-step basis from the time that you had the wonderful idea to start the most successful cannabis company ever to when you open your doors in a highly regulated market. It's another quality episode of... Hi, I'm Tom. You can find me at CannabisInitialWare.com. My blog for topics like this, how to open a cannabis business. Let's break it down. First, you think you're really totally freaking awesome. That's right. Confidence is required in starting a business, especially in the cannabis industry that has been so brutal on entrepreneurs with the high barriers to entry, lack of banking, tax issues, and falling prices of commodity that appears to be destined to bottom out below where most commercial producers can grow the stuff. Forget all those roadblocks, because who has two thumbs so awesome that he slaps? This guy. That overconfidence will come in handy when faced with a daunting application process, which brings us to step two. The daunting application process. You have to write an 800 page instruction manual for your cannabis business and its operations, even before stepping foot in the business, and you have six weeks to do it. 
No, seriously, application windows are so tight that Truly has sued to elongate them in crazy overregulated states like Georgia. But that's not the whole story. The application can range from super easy, like a form where you check a box, like in Arizona, where you cannot start a business right now as they do not have an application window, by the way. You just check the box, and then you get all the real estate and money for being a complete vertical operation, and then won the lottery. That's how easy it was to get a license in Arizona. But that's not how it is in all the states, where you have to get score. This is where you have a guy like me who gets you all the points. And sometimes this requires litigation because the state, God bless it, will make mistakes in grading your cannabis application. And cannabis applications in limited markets are extremely political because they have this perceived value of wealth in them. These application rounds can be hundreds of thousands of dollars and thousands of pages of written material and narrative. Application rounds can also be pretty straightforward, like New Jersey, where the real trick is actually snagging the real estate, because you can get the license from the state if you have a complete 140-page application. That is expensive for us to write as well, but nowhere near like Florida or Illinois applications. Maybe New York will be crazy too. We don't know. Tune into Camp's Legalization News this summer for more on that. Speaking of more on that, step 2.5, stealing the daunting application. Because sometimes you have to p-hack a lot. This is some gaming. Either you take a lottery or you have social equity at a lottery and you think about where you can have a statistical edge. And also there's some human trafficking and what I mean by that, well, with social equity points, it puts people in a position to have them be induced by fraud to sign contracts so that people who can't access this license without that social equity person exploits them. And that's kind of what I mean by the human trafficking. Federal crime can be found under 22 U.S.C. 7102. People are being tricked and applying to get a group who otherwise can't get the license. And it so happens that state like Illinois published warnings about watching out for fraud in this application process. Now, why randomly making people impacted by the war on drugs possible billionaires, at least on paper license, but more likely than not being used as a straw man to actually access the paper license instead of pouring money from the sales of this commodity into communities that were impacted by its prohibition? Like, we can't do anything in this country unless we gamify it and turn it into gambling. So many applications for cannabis licenses are just trying to win a lottery so they can cash in. Why is that our policy goal? Who knows? But it does explain why I have seen step three of the process so often. Step three of the process. You get a license and have no idea what you're doing. Maybe you're just a perfect picture of social equity and everybody from elected officials to your invested wanted to exploit you for the color of your skin or your gender or disability status. Isn't that terrible? Or maybe you got a license because you were gambling and you won a lottery. And now you have a license and need to figure out how to build a dispensary or grow and you have no clue how to do it. Do you know how hard it is to build a financial model for something you don't know what you want to build? It's fucking impossible. I've seen numerous license holders win a license and then consider on and move forward despite the licensing process actually asking for plans. So in step three, you have a ticking clock to figure out how to build the license you want and get it operational, usually in about a year or some other deadline, which is routinely extended because of this step three where people have a license and still don't know what they're building. So when you win, there's a good chance you hired me or a guy like me that did a detailed plan help you get all the points, but then once you win, that's mostly details. And you just kind of have to get operational and figure out what the regulators are going to allow you to get away with. 
Now, these regulators will also remind you of all those details during your operational process, which very often, unless one of your team members is rich, and if so, nice, bro. Don't forget to cut that multi-million dollar check. Oh, wait, your rich guy now is giving your team new requirements in order to write that check? Well, of course he is. And that's why we've come to step four of how to open a cannabis business. Step four, making a deal to get funding. This step is where you do not listen to anyone. Most sophisticators investors know how to calculate the price of a share of stock and the net present value of a particular project that they want to invest their assets in. Or they pay an analyst to do the math for them. That's what we do. We have a great CFO with the models and share price, and we look at all the input costs and then talk about what we believe the actual value is worth of your underlying asset. As an aside, prices on these are way the heck off. And not just in Canada. Remember AOL Time Warner? You don't. So, you're in your 20s. But anyway, in the AOL Time Warner deal, a company gave them a valuation about what they were paying for AOL. And then that meant synergies and accretion of the value of their shares. So they thought that after they did the merger, the full thing was going to be worth even more. Wrong. It was wrong. That's what happened. So you were going to hear about deals falling through all the time in this industry. Or after they close, buyers get remorse, kind of like when Elon Musk bought Twitter, who a little bit of buyer's remorse there, but he was forced into overpaying because he was going to get sued. So we try to guide our clients into the commercial real estate asset class by controlling it, leasing it out with a long-term lease with their cannabis LLC as providing the rent, and then use that to sell to investors who are looking for a real estate investment that treats them like an owner, has a depreciation to be offset from their income taxes, and more. Either way, you're probably going to have to do a deal to get open. And that deal could also be to liquidate or dilute your social equity partner. And after that deal, you build. Welcome to step five of how to hold that Kansas business. Build out and getting operational. And after you pass the regulatory inspections, none of this will be about how your facility will grow the product or how well it's going to be able to sell the product. It has everything under the sun to do with how well your facility follows the rules of the state local level. And sometimes even beyond that, even though the feds haven't gotten into the game, you still see a lot of GMP, uh, GMP compliance that will happen after cannabis is no longer a Schedule One substance alongside heroin. Still, for some reason. You will have issues that are going to come up in construction. You're going to have cost and time overruns. Regulators will hold you what is in the rules and also within your application. So make sure you don't run out of money before you get your doors open. Brings us to step six. You go for more licenses and keep raising money. And you put them into a corporation that qualifies under Section 1202 of the IRC. That's the Internal Revenue Code. And that is for a qualified small business stock. And then you start getting more investors. And that's because you're going to go public. This is why you need a great CFO, which is not your accountant, by the way, to help you work on what your cap table and your share price and your valuation of your company. And we love doing all this stuff over at the collateral base. So get in touch with us and help starting your cannabis company. If you found this content useful, please subscribe to this. Give us a like, and then let us know what state you want to get a license in, in the comments. Then don't forget to catch us live on Sundays on Cannabis Legalization News, the number one cannabis industry policy podcast, where it will be 420 somewhere.